What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another Red Out podcast. As you can tell, this is Jared, not Devin. Surprise, surprise. You never know what's going to happen. Kind of taking over the reins a little bit, maybe the next few weeks. So we'll see how this goes. Going to have a lot of fun tonight for you regardless. Got a lot of fun stuff going on. So no telling what we'll have. We'll still have Devin coming on. Uh, Devin, is that you right now? Yeah, that's me. Oh, I'm in here. What's What's it feel like to be a guest on your own show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's uh, a lot more relaxing. I'll tell you that right now. Um, yeah, yeah, putting in all my, that hard work for you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, we are uh, six days out from the eviction of Baby Stewart from uh, the womb. So, so uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, officially on that countdown, I guess, aren't you? Yes, kind of excited, nervous, I guess. Uh, we'll just see how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> so, did you have a good week and everything? Yes, yes, yes. Everything went well. Um, so far, we're scheduled. Um, I had to go to the doctor with her today. Um, they, I mean, it seems like she's going more and more here lately just to see, you know, kind of what's going on. But, uh, that's basically my life in a nutshell. Work and then go to the doctor. So, no, we sounds are, fun. Uh, <laughs> Living the American dream. Tons of fun, let me tell you. Tons of fun. Uh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, y'all be uh, thinking about me. We'll be there 7 a.m. on next Wednesday to start the uh, the process, I assume. So, uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, you're good. No, you're good. You do your thing. I'm. Right. I'm just sitting back. Yeah, this is your. This is your <laughs> baby tonight. Yeah, I mean that's fine with me. Just kind of get used to everything. I assume Ross is probably about to join us here in a little bit, but I guess we can go ahead and go into winners and losers because we do have a lot to talk about with that. So I'll go ahead oh and ask gosh, you first. Do you have any winners and losers for this week? My big one. I know it's going to surprise a lot of people, but my big mm-hmm. one, my winner this week is Derek Jeter. Uh, get yes. inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. So Almost unanimously. Almost, yes. Um, well, I think on, what was it, one of the stats, for whatever reason, I was at uh, Texas Roadhouse in Elizabethtown, and that was on, and so I was kind of watching in the background, and on one of the voting things that they do, he got 100%, and then the other one he got like, what, 91% or something? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Derek Jeter was always my favorite uh, New York Yankees. One of the reasons I followed the Yankees as much as I did, um, I just always enjoyed him as a player. He's, I mean, he's great. Yeah. I, I mean, y- you never really heard a lot of lip out of him. There was no issues, and uh, can't complain. He was just <sighs> a true player of the game. I mean, he was really good with that. But I have to ask you: Did you hear what Jalen Rose said about how he was the reason that he started playing baseball in the first place? Did you hear that story? No, I did not. Oh, this is actually really funny. So Jalen Rose, he's a former NBA player. He played for the Pacers, and he's most notoriously known for being the guy that was guarding Kobe Bryant when he dropped 81 points, which the anniversary of that was not too long ago. But he was talking on, uh, I think, either one of the ESPN shows, and he said that he actually went up against Derek Jeter in like an AAU team. Like He used to play basketball a long time ago when they were kids. And he said that his team beat Derek Jeter's team by like 100 points. And oh after that gosh. game is when he made the decision that he didn't want to play basketball anymore. He was going to play baseball. So he basically <laughs> took all the credit of making him a baseball player, which I thought was really funny. Yeah, that is. That's really funny. Uh, so you, you mean actually a basketball player, not a baseball player, right? Well, I mean, yeah, technically. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I mean, it uh, is kind of crazy. I'm- Go ahead. No, no, no. You're good. I, I just, I'm kind of getting distracted because later in the show, and and actually, what, who my loser is for the week, uh, I'm kind of trying to do a little research here uh, for uh, my favorite brawls. So, mm-hmm. uh, for those of you who stick around and listen to that, that'll be a lot of fun when we get to that point. Um, but anyway, 
Yeah, um, yes. because I was going to say with my loser, I'll just go ahead and get it out of the way because this was the inspiration of what we'll talk about later is the entire state of Kansas is my loser <laughs> because I'm pretty sure everybody knows about now that Kansas and Kansas State, the game that they just had not too long ago where tempers started to flare a little bit. Like what happened is that one of Kansas State players broke one of the cardinal sins of unspoken rules in basketball and they were losing by like 21 points or whatever the deficit was and uh, that Kansas was just going to run out the ball but one of their players thought he'd be a hot shot and steal the ball away from him and try to do a dunk at the other end so I mean he stole the ball and was running it down and then um the Sylvia De La Sosa, I think that's his name. He came yes. and he blocked his shot. And I th that's a good statement to make if he would have just left it at that. But instead of just leaving it at that, the Kansas State guy falls on the ground and he blocks his shot and then he's standing over him. And then that's when they start shoving and swinging. And then before you know it, somebody's got a chair. Then all of a sudden I hear uh, <laughs> Jim Ross's voice, <laughs> just WWE commentary oh my in my mind yes. as I'm watching this. And I'm just like, there are so many terrible things that could have happened with this entire situation. And thankfully, it, it, it didn't. Yeah, because this was where they were fighting at was a fan area, too. It wasn't necessarily like students, but <laughs> it was definitely Which something really, to worry about. It reminded me of like the, the area that Western's kind of got, what, Millionaire Row or whatever you want to call it. Oh, that. yeah, um, where they got rid of the student section and added all those little fancy seats or whatever. Exactly. Um, my biggest question, because I kind of sat there and dissected the fight, is who was the guy, the African-American guy with the black shirt and the white pants? Oh, on Kansas State? He seemed to be a doing – yes, he seemed yeah, to be I doing think a it lot was, of uh, fighting. Like Justin Love or something like that. Not the guy from Oregon or Utah State who's their quarterback, but he has the same last name as him. He's like a Jay Love or something like that. Yes. But he's suspended for eight games. Uh, Sosa is suspended for 11, if I think. So they'll probably still play in the Big 12 tournament. So, I mean, it's Kansas. What do you expect to happen? But, Ross, are you on? We got you. Yeah, man, I'm here. Can you All right, hear me? cool. Yeah, we're talking yeah. about winners and losers. Uh, I was talking about how I had the entire state of Kansas as my loser. Uh, Derek, Devin had Derek <laughs> Jeter as his winner. I was wondering who your winners and losers are this week. Oh, let's see. I mean, I, I was on last week, so definitely the Astros continue to be losers. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the Red Sox manager, I, I would add that one too. Yeah, and the, and the Beltran too. But, uh, no, I don't know if you guys saw the interviews with the uh, the players on the Astros, like uh, Bregman and a couple others. Like, they just had the most canned. Uh, it was a it was the commissioner's decision. That's all they could say, and it, it was just painful to watch. Yeah, uh, winners winners. I would say the uh, the Chiefs and the Forty ers Obviously, you know, it yeah. should be a great should be a great Super Bowl. I think uh, you know Go we're Chiefs. all looking forward. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we're all going for the Chiefs. So uh, yeah, except for except Jake. Jake yeah. yeah, except for Jake. Him and his Niners. I swear. How can you yes, cheer for yes. a team with someone from MTSU on there? I mean, we got Dion Yelder on the Chiefs, so that's instantly who I'm rooting for. Well, Chiefs have some MTSU my, guys too. <laughs> I think yeah. one of my favorite memes though is that uh, Aaron Rodgers finally led the 49ers to the Super Bowl. I was like, <laughs> yep, that that is so true. That's so true. Yeah, um, but my thing is with you were talking about the Astros a minute ago, Ross. the The big thing is, isn't this just Spygate two point I mean, essentially, isn't it just uh, Spygate? You know, I mean, I guess. But did the Patriots win a title during Spygate? I think they did. Yeah, I want to say I they think did. they did. I think they did. I don't know. It's not but, very often they um, haven't won a Super Bowl. So. I, but wasn't Spygate like only with the Jets though, and it wasn't towards like you know, basically that was a whole you know whole playoffs, whole everything else. Spygate was like one team, wasn't it? Um, I'm just trying to. This is a long time ago. Quick. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, let's see. They videotaped the New York Jets defensive coaches' signals. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, um, that was one. That was two games a year, as opposed to you know. Half of your home, you know, half the schedule all year. <laughs> yeah, so, there's definitely I mean, a big difference. I mean, yeah, it, I think it's it's huge. I mean, it is huge. I think. I mean, personally, hot take: the whole reason they're not punishing the players is because they know the uh, collective bargaining agreement's coming up, and they don't want to rock the boat with the uh, 
when they're about to negotiate with the union. So that's why the yeah. players are getting off scot-free and they just punish the manager, the general manager, and a couple coaches. So but, so my mm-hmm. thing is, I mean, what would they do to the players? I mean, am I, I'm kind of... I mean, you could either suspend them. them. I mean, I you know, you could probably suspend them, which, you know, when you're earning $20 million a year, that's a hefty suspension. You know, it's not like a little slap on the wrist. So... Um, and I mean, you know, that that would be what I would do. Wouldn't I mean? Don't they get a bonus, kind of like uh, whenever they go to the World Series and win that? Yeah, maybe you get them to maybe you get that off their salary or whatever. I don't know. And I was gonna say I would feel like they'd have to pay like it back, but yeah. Well, the team uh, awards yeah. that, not baseball. So who knows? I mean, it's it's a whole mess, and you know, it's it's kind of funny. It takes a big scandal like this for people to talk about baseball in the middle of football season. So that is true. Yeah. Guys, I mean, y'all know all the baseball lingo and all the stuff that really went on with that. And I've kind of been reading into it a little bit. And I'm just like, it sounds like a really bad thing. <laughs> Even well, just not the whole, you much. know, the whole, the, the whole like undercover videos where there's like banging in the background and then it was just obvious. I mean, it's just crazy. And I read an article, it was basically internet, you know, like just people on the internet sleuths were like uh, just finding old clips and just piecing it all together. It was crazy. They did basically did the investigation so much that baseball had to respond to it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of cool, you know, like technology today, it's like the, uh, you know, it's like one of the coolest things ever. And it's one of the biggest uh, downfalls of our society. So it depends on how you look at it. So, yeah. But, Absolutely. and the big thing is, is you can't use, well, what I'm, basically what I'm kind of skimming here is you can't use a quote mechanical device uh, to steal signs, but you could sit in the dugout and just watch the other guys and just if you picked it up, then you picked it up. But if you didn't, you didn't. Uh, I think it was the fact that they it went past you know, normal gamesmanship to yeah. like a high, you know, sophisticated cheating with cameras and devices and banging noises and everything else. I think that's why it was, you know, it's it wasn't like oh we found out their their sign and you know we, you know we picked it up and then. The next day, tomorrow, it's different. It was basically like the people had no idea. And it was, I mean, if you knew, I saw one of the pitchers said, I'd rather face somebody who was totally juiced up on roids than somebody who knew the pitches that were coming, which I totally agree. So, mm-hmm. my thing is, is uh, actually, there's a really interesting part here, and I never thought about using this this way. Uh, uh, let me just read this quick insert. In 2014, yeah, as part of the expansion uh, of replay review in MLB, all 30 teams were. Per- permitted to install video replay rooms in their stadiums with live camera feeds, and the dugout was permitted to communicate with staffers in the room. Okay, that's big. As MLB realized that teams were potentially using the video replay room for other purposes, uh, a.k.a. including sign stealing, uh, MLB placed league officials in the replay rooms for the first time beginning in the 2018 playoffs. Uh, That is from the Wikipedia for the Houston Astros sign stealing scandal. Uh, so for those of you wanting to know more, check that out because it's pretty informative. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's that's just crazy to think that once the replay rooms came into effect that this became more prevalent, apparently. Yeah, that is kind of weird. But, I mean, kind of <laughs> shifting from that, I guess we can go ahead and go into some of the other stuff. So I thought we could talk about some ProTops updates because there are t- a couple to talk about. The biggest one, of course, being Dion Yelder being in the Super Bowl with the Chiefs. For the second straight year, we're going to have the former Hilltopper tight end that's going to be in the Super Bowl. Of course, Tyler Higby, he's a little bit different. He just came off another phenomenal season. Yelder, he hasn't got as much playing time. He's like more of a two or three tight end. But, I mean, he still had a big catch in the game that they had for the AFC Championship. Championship. So, what do you guys think about the Super Bowl and Yelder and everything? What do you guys kind of see coming from this? Devin, I'll let you go first. Okay, yeah, I'm, I've always been a huge fan of Deion Yelder. I always liked watching him when he played at Western. Um, and for him to be in his second year and he's going to the Super Bowl, I mean, it's super exciting. Um, and he's not just on the team uh, because, I mean, we've had people in the past who were just on the team, didn't really see the field. But with Yelder, I mean, he's actually being productive. And it's it's awesome. It's nice to see. And, you know, just hopefully uh, I'd love to see him get a uh, Super Bowl touchdown uh, and, you know, at least two or three against the uh, 49ers. I mean, that's mm-hmm. go to Yelder as far as I'm concerned. So Yeah. Ross, what do you think? Yeah, I think, I mean, 
I remember when I uh, did the news and notes or the you know Big Reds reads this week. Somebody got on me about. I guess technically Bobby Rainey has a Super Bowl ring, but he didn't yes. play in the game, and he was on the practice squad or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Yelder, if he wins the game and he actually plays, um, which he played, let's see, he played five snaps in the first uh, game against the Texans and two against the against the Titans. So he actually plays. He'll be the first uh, Hilltopper to play in a Super Bowl and win it. So. Um, you know, it'd be you know another reason to cheer for Kansas City if you're not Jake. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. and you know you gotta you gotta think about Yelder too. Like he was literally buried on the depth chart when he was at WKU. I think before his senior year, his only highlight was that blocked uh, PAT against MTSU. Which even if he only did that, he would have had you know been a fun little fact. But you know the the one really bright spot of Sanford's tenure was him developing during his senior year and. You know, it's kind of cool just to see a guy. I think he was a walk-on from here in Louisville, um, you know, from Southern High School, which is one of the uh, non-traditionally good high schools. So he really just kind of picked him up from self up from the bootstraps, and uh, you know, he made it to the Super Bowl. So I think you know, a tight end you will keep going strong, and you know, I think Josh Simon, who uh, you know is only going to be a sophomore, will keep that going for sure. So. Yeah, I definitely think uh, Josh Simon could be a, uh, quote, Dion Yelder Jr., I mean, so to speak. I actually think he could be better than Yelder, but, you know, we'll just Yeah, Higby, Higby Jr., yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly. a great problem to have, have all these amazing tight ends come out of Western. It's really good to see. So I would love to see him get a ring. Higby got closed last year because of the cursed Patriots. Hopefully the Super Bowl will be vacated years from now anyways, just because it's New England. What else is new? But another tight end, from a tight end you member, Jack Doyle, with Travis Kelsey being in the Super Bowl and everything, he's going to be added to the Pro Bowl. So it, how many Pro Bowls does this make for him now, you guys know? Two. Or two? Yeah. So it's good to see another former Hilltopper be able to be in the Pro Bowl, even though it's not really what it used to be. I mean, it's still a good honor in the NFL to have. So I, I think mean, he gets he gets a bonus for playing in it. So yes. yeah, I, I I'll be the first another hot take. I don't think he really deserved to make the Pro Bowl this year, mm-hmm. but you know what? You know he's he's been in the league seven years. I was looking on Pro Football Reference. If he plays another three years in the league or another two, he'll tie uh, he'll tie a couple guys uh, for the longest ten years in the NFL for pro tops. I think. Let's see. I'm looking at uh, I'm looking it up right now. Looks like David Carter, who was offensive lineman for the Oilers, played nine seasons. Dale Lindsay wow. was a linebacker for the Browns. A couple other. Uh, Played nine seasons. Doyle's at seven. So if he can make it two more seasons, he ties the record. If he can play three more seasons, he'll have the longest career ever for a WKU uh, football player in the NFL. So he's been really consistent pretty much his entire career, and uh, it's been really cool to see. Just you know, and he was undrafted like that. So yeah, I, I mean, from knowing Jack personally, I mean, he's a great guy. Um, and if they, if you went off of just awesome personality, awesome, I mean, just a giving heart, I mean, because he does a lot of stuff for those kids up in Indianapolis, um, I think he'd be on the Pro Bowl every year. But, I mean, he's two-time Pro Bowler, like you all were saying, 2017 and 2019. And he actually was signed initially by the Titans, and then, what, did they trade him? Yeah, he was, he was uh, on the practice squad for the Titans only, and then he got into the Colts. Um, so, I mean, and that's a great fit for him because he is an, uh, Indiana, he's a Hoosier at heart. Um, and he was in Indianapolis at a high school there. So, I mean, this has got to be like his dream team. Um, but just, yeah, Jack Doyle's awesome guy. Glad, glad Jackson to see Jack is what they well. call him. Yep. And I mean, he, I mean, he was one of those guys that you never really heard a lot of lip out of. He, he wasn't a loud guy. He just... Uh, he made his presence known by him just kind of sulking into the room or whatever. <laughs> so he would yeah. just kind of walk in, and you're like, well, Jack's here. What's up, Jack? How's the weather up there, buddy? Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, mean. Jack, he's a great guy. 
he's he's definitely one of my favorite pro top players that we've had and i really hope that he's able to stay in the league at least three more years and get that record i think he would definitely be deserving of that hopefully all those years with the colts too being able to stay at home he's got a good thing going in indy too he's one of their main tight ends and I'm still kind of bitter that Tyler Higby didn't make the Pro Bowl just for the fact that he broke the Rams' uh, single-season record for most yardage for a tight end this season. I was really hoping he could maybe get denied, but I mean... So he, here's here's yeah. a question. Do the fans vote for the Pro Bowl, or how does that work again? I, just, I don't even such, remember. The game's, such a joke to, the game's such a joke, it doesn't really matter, but yeah, I no. think the fans actually vote for that. Well, I think then that kind of explains why Higby probably didn't get in because he was having a very mediocre season until the last month and a half, and then he just like he was just got on like gangbusters. So it'd be really cool to see if he can carry that in next year. Mm-hmm. So apparently, I just looked it up. Uh, there is a three prong uh, way to get into the Pro Bowl: uh, the coaches vote, the players vote, and then the fans vote. Uh, each group's ballots count for one third of the votes, and obviously the fans votes online at the NFL's official website. So, hmm, interesting Fun stuff. But I mean, LA is a big market, so hopefully, with him having a good end of the year this season, he can carry that into next season and have another big year, and everybody will know who he is. Hopefully, being he's winter, definitely going to be a big fantasy tight end. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Definitely. So uh, he's got that going for him. But uh, yeah, he, he, he kind of reminds me of like Antonio Gates, honestly. Yeah, I mean, a little he's bit. Got that upside potential. Uh, but go ahead, sorry. Yeah, so I mean, I was just going to go to the next segment. We have some other. T- well, hey, I got a couple, two little quick uh, pro tops tidbits, real quick. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I saw that Lamonte Bearden signed with the Turkish company, or Turkish company, Turkish uh, basketball team, Ducey Belidier. Did. I don't know, but congrats to him for playing professionally. I think he, we all knew he had talent, so it's kind of yeah. cool. Even you know, eight months later, he finally got a pro uh, contract. I think there's, I mean, people like uh, Orlando Mendez Valdez are still playing ten years after leaving Western. So good for him. Hopefully, he that, makes lots of money playing. So Mendez Valdez is a really that's that's an old name back in the day. I mean, it's not old, but it, I mean it. It's one of those names that you're just like, good gosh, he's still playing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, oh, yeah he's, that seems like a forever. legend. He's a legend in, in Mexico. He plays for their national team, and every couple of years, like when you know, it's like the, I guess the FIBA or North America or whatever championships. You can see him in the box score still. I'm like, man, he's still playing. That's crazy. <laughs> and I would another quick tidbit, Courtney Lee. Uh, just a quick update on him. He's only played ten games for the Mavs all season. Three point three points. I would venture to say he might be. We might need to uh, enjoy him in the NBA because this might be his last year. So ah, uh, mm-hmm. sucks. I hate to hear yeah, that. I but mean, I mean, he's, he's played. Player. Yeah, he's played what ten, eleven seasons. That's that's really good. If if Bassey didn't get hurt, we could have had a a perfect run where we always had a pro top in the NBA, but mm-hmm. oh well. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's my thing. As long as he's going out on his terms, then you know, all props to him. As long as it's not, uh, you know, kind of an injury or forced retirement kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He's just old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Oh uh, well. Yeah, but oh well. Um, hopefully, he'll still have a. They might need him a little bit later on the season. I mean, who knows? They might end up trading him. I mean, the NBA is very capricious with stuff like that. But looking at some of the other sports, uh, Ross, I'll let you talk about this because you know a lot more about softball than I do. But Lady Toppers softball preseason number two in Conference USA. I was wondering what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, you know, it's pretty exciting. I think they got two votes. Uh, for first place as well. North Texas was the favorite. And, um, you know, I think last year, out of all, last year, we, we've gone into this ad nauseum, but it was a very disappointing season on the Hill. And they probably had the best season over anybody, it, regardless of the sport. So, um, you know, last year they kind of flukily uh, lost in the first round on a one hitter to MTSU, but they were turned, I think, their top two or three pitchers. And, a lot of good bats. I think Kelly Akey, I think is her name, or Kelsey mm-hmm. Yeah, Akey, yeah, Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey Akey. Kelly Akey's her mom. She follows us, the Tower Rack on Twitter. That's probably why I'm mixing that up. But uh, 
she she's an awesome pitcher. I think she threw a couple no hitters last year. I think Jordan Thomas. I think uh, Bond. Uh, I think she's an outfielder's back. So you know, it's something to keep an eye on. Softball's fun. They beat UK last year. I think they play UK U of L again this year. So we'll uh, you know, as basketball ends and softball heats up, we'll definitely be uh, keeping up uh, from a distance on that as well. So. Yeah, it's just great to be able to have all these amazing teams at Western, regardless of what, like, usually people only base things off of, like, basketball and football is, like, the main two things. But, I mean, if you look at all of the women's sports, I mean, it's just from top down, really, really, really strong. And it just speaks of how well things are going in the WKU world with everything. And speaking of other yeah, it's, women's it's sports. Something, it's, yeah, it's something you don't really... Uh, you don't really brag about, but you care about. But when when they have a good accomplishment, you can kind of puff up your chest and kind of get into something like that if they're having a good year. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's like twenty six or twenty seven conference titles since we joined Conference USA. Now it, it's somewhere like that. I know it's a lot. I mean, head and shoulders above everybody else. So, I mean, they definitely are helping with that as well. But looking at Lady Topper basketball, so a little bit has happened since we were on last Wednesday. Uh, Lady Tops went on the road to Old Dominion and Charlotte. Unfortunately, they dropped the first one against Old Dominion, 76-65. to 65. Wasn't really one of their best showings on the road, kind of disappointing. But thankfully, we were able to bounce back in a pretty close game against Charlotte, 60-56. to 56. So, I mean, splitting a road trip, I mean, that's not the worst thing. I mean, they've kind of had some issues on the road this season anyway. So, I was kind of wondering how that would go, but... Did you guys get to see any of the games or keep up with much? So I just kind of wonder what your I thoughts were. I kept up with it a little bit. Uh, I mean, mainly, you know, Matt's our Lady Tops uh, fan, guru, uh, guru <laughs> whatever. But, uh, I mean, I think splitting the road trip is good. I think, you know, the, here on out, Western was one of the first four out. They've got a really high RPI. They need to just take care of business against the bottom tier teams in the league and run up a nice – finish the season, get a top two or three seed in Conference USA so we can uh, so we can see. I'm looking up the standings right now if if my computer Western's doesn't. in sixth. Yeah. Sixth. Yeah, that's not good. Sixth in Conference USA. No, but But they've played I think have they played all the teams in front of them? Let me see. I think so. Um, let's see, they got Marshall, FAU, FIU, LaTeX. Southern Miss. I'm trying to skim back and forth to see. Yeah, I mean they I haven't played the played they haven't played the Florida schools. They haven't played. It's kind of funny the the opposite of the men's. You know, like if the men they're only playing Marshall this week, so Marshall's a bad team. But like whoever the men are playing, the women are playing on the road or vice versa. So mm-hmm. it's you kind of got to think of that in mind. That's how Conference USA did their schedule this year. So um, you know they've played mainly. You know they've played Rice, Old Dominion. MTSU, uh, so they've played like most of the top teams in the league. So, you know, come come on out. They had a great non-conference. Started uh, asserting your will against the the bottom tier and go into give yourself an at-large bid if you like if you make it to the conference final and lose or something. So like the first four out means they they've got a good resume. Like Central Michigan, Oklahoma, a couple other big wins. You got to just uh, you got to start stacking up victories. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they're six and zero at home too, which is a good thing. But you'd like to see them get some more road wins because those are pretty important as well. But yeah, I mean the, if you live over in the Huntington area, I guess go see if you can check out the Lady Tops. It'll be on ESPN Plus at twelve, I want to say Central Standard Time. So be sure to support the Lady Tops, help them continue to climb up the Conference USA skip standings a little bit. But uh, that brings me to probably my strongest subject, and that's the men's team. And even after three games that have happened since we did a podcast, I'm still just as confused with this team as I was beforehand. (laughs) Because, I mean, apparently it's just comeback season for the tops. Because I'll go ahead and just kind of go through these really quick, and then I'll let you let you guys get your thoughts in on this. So the the first game was Thursday against Old Dominion in Diddle. I was at this game. 
and it was just not their best game at all. I mean, of course, still having that issue against the 2-3 zone. That's been the entire script the past two seasons for Western on offense is struggling against that. But I will be completely honest. Like, I was done with this game. I thought that it was completely over. Like, I looked at the win probability, and it is hilarious. But I think it was with, like, 331 left in the game. Like, uh, It was exactly green he hit like one of the only three pointers or i think the only three pointer that old dominion had in the game to make it a 12 point lead with three minutes left and i was like well uh, old dominion we just can't beat them for whatever reason oh well i didn't leave or anything there was a lot of people that left at that point but i was still there and i was like well let's just have some good effort and see what happens and then all of a sudden, tops start to go on a run. Jared Savage starts making some shots. Tavion Hollingsworth heats up a bunch. And then before you know it, <laughs> just pure chaos ensues. The crowd that was still left that didn't decide to chicken out was going nuts. And somehow, I mean, we pulled this one out. I think that uh, Old Dominion had like a 70% chance of winning with like eight seconds left. And we just still were able to pull it out and win seventy-one to sixty-nine. But I have to ask you guys on this one in particular: like, did you guys get to watch this? And if so, like, what were your thoughts watching this ridiculous comeback? Ross, go ahead. I, which which <laughs> ridiculous comeback? Uh, I Old mean, Dominion. I think I know. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I think a lot of a lot of familiar things that we're getting this team never just looks focused and ready to start a game and I don't know if it's just the personality of the people or you know scouting by the other team that that gets them out of the rhythm but you know they just love to dig themselves a hole and I you know I remember our group chat of the old Dominion game last week it was just like man we you know we suck again and whatever and everybody was mad and you know it's like the pitchforks sort of had to come out, and then, you know, lo and behold, the team gets to press. You know, Hollingsworth is really starting to take off, and boom, they come back. And you know, it was just, it was just amazing to see how they did that. With, you know, I think so much. It was basically getting to the line, forcing turnovers. Like they, they made that last two minutes of game. You know, that was probably, probably like. 10 minutes of actual time it was just crazy how much dead ball there was and uh you know it's i think that's where the team thrives i think we've always said like when they get to run when they get to when they have to run a half half court offense is when they thrive and that's exactly what they did and we kind of saw that again last night once we get to it so Mm -hmm. Devin, what do you think um i mean and this is one of those games i mean especially the charlotte one where it's kind of like I mean, I almost, or the ODU one, ODU is what I mean. Uh, the ODU game is just one of those games that it's like, hey guys, are y'all ready to stop, you know, kind of messing around and let's just finish this or what? Uh, because, I mean, you win at 71-69 and even just looking at the game flow right here, I mean, it's just, it looked like an ODU blowout. I mean, it, I mean, it wasn't really a blowout, but they had complete control and they should have won that game realistically. And the guys came back and took care of business and, that's all you can ask for now. Charlotte, completely different thought process here. I mean, what is it? Uh, what, 14 left in the second? Western just left them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's that's great as far as I'm concerned. I mean, just I would rather all the games be like that. And then you got Marshall, and Western plays Marshall, and with 635 left, Western just kind of slowly takes, you know, stays ahead of them. I would rather see Western just, you know, just dominate the entire game and win and save my uh, chest chest pains a little bit, my yep. angina or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say the other, so just, uh, yeah. Uh, but no, the, uh, you know, just save my chest here. And I mean, I'm hoping, you know, uh, what, two days from now, they're going to play Marshall at 730. Uh, so hopefully Western yeah. can just take care of business again and keep us first in Conference USA, which I would not have thought we were in this position. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's been completely ridiculous just the way things have happened. But like you said with Charlotte, I mean, that was another game. I wasn't like we were talking about this last week. We weren't sure how it was going to go because, I mean, Charlotte hadn't lost to anybody yet. But that they come into Diddle and we beat them pretty sound, 80 to 63. And especially in that second half, I mean, this this team is definitely a second half team. 
I wish that they could show up for a full 40 minutes, but, you know, I guess I would rather take a really strong second half <laughs> instead of just the alternative and not being able to finish strong. But, I mean, you have to give these guys credit just for being able to get it done. I mean, Tavion Hollingsworth these past few games has been incredible. I mean, he dropped 30 against Charlotte. He had 20-something against Old Dominion, looked really strong, and then 20 points against Marshall last night. That was another really good performance for him, especially on the defensive end. He did a lot. So I guess I'll go ahead and go to the Marshall game because uh, we'll have some preview for the home game here in a little bit, but look at what happened, the road trip. So Western on the road, Huntington and everything. It was on the stadium Facebook uh, stream. It was okay, but it was really interesting. I didn't interesting. have any problems with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was pretty good. Uh, do you know where the home game is going to be? I don't see anything on the ESPN app saying where it's supposed to be on. But it's the same place. Their they're next three, yeah, both the 40 games next week, it's all staying on Facebook. So all right. get used it's to good. it. <laughs> yeah. If you don't have a Facebook, then that's really surprising, but be sure you tune into that. But another, once <laughs> yeah, again, I mean, this is just kind of the storyline for every Western basketball game, at least within the conference that I've seen so far, is that tops look absolutely terrible in the first half, not shooting very well. They're getting neat up by that uh, Iran Bennett and the other guy from Montenegro that was really big in the center against Marshall. And then all of a sudden, halftime, and then – it like, <laughs> I remember checking my phone because I think this is what the real problem is, is that when I watch Western play that's not at home, they always do better when I'm not watching. So I may have to just stop watching Western play to get a full 40 minutes out of them if that's what it takes. I don't know, but <laughs> it's. I watched the first half and it was terrible. And then I checked my phone and it was like a what, fifteen or sixteen point deficit at the half, maybe maybe seventeen somewhere around there against Marshall. But and then the next time I checked my phone, they're down by six, and I'm just like, okay, I guess I'll take it. And Western was able to have another strong second half and put Marshall away on the road, sixty four to sixty. So, Devin, I'll let you talk about this one first. Uh, if you, whether you got to see it or not, what your thoughts are beating the so first one of the moonshine throwdown for the year. We got the second one coming on Saturday, but what did you think? I am happy anytime we beat Marshall. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, just, I, I don't care if it's checkers, chess, uh, bingo. I mean, if we're playing bingo and we beat Marshall, I'm fine with it. Um, but yeah. At one point, we were down 37 to 18 in the first with a minute 17 mm-hmm. to go. And then finally, they pulled it to uh, 25 or 39 25 uh, at the end of the first there. But, I mean, that was just a crazy game. I mean, you honestly, this team is the biggest surprise for me. And it's a good surprise because mm-hmm. you would think that losing uh, Charles Bassey, which, granted, he's just one guy, but at the same time, you know, it was one of those devastating things at the at that point in the season. We all just kind of, or at least I did, I won't say everybody, I just kind of yeah. wrote these guys off, and they're actually pr- being productive. And, I mean, they're, like you were talking about earlier, they're actually got like 76% chance in the ESPN uh, BPI. I was going to say FPI. The, the BPI, they're supposed to be uh, Marshall again at home. So we'll just, I mean... Just got to wait and see, you know, who shows up. Is this the team that's going to come back in the second half, or is this the team that's kind of going to just – I wish they would metaphorically put their foot on their throat and just, you know, just finish it. Just let's play ball. You're asking for too much. You're asking for too much. Uh, I know, That's probably not going to happen. But, I mean, through all this adversity, they somehow pulled it off. But, Ross, what did you think of the game last night? I mean, I think it was, you know, this recent running conference play to a nutshell. I think, you know, they've got to figure out how to get focused. But this team is flawed. I mean, they ate Western inside until Western made an adjustment. And credit to Stansberry and, uh, you know, to the players on the court for responding to that. Because, you know, Bennett obviously got tired as the game went on. And that guy messed up his uh, leg on the play and didn't come back. But, like... You know, Carson Williams doesn't really isn't a rim protector, so they've got to be creative. But he can make he can score inside even against bigger teams. It's just you know when you're playing, you know when you're getting eaten alive on the offensive glass when shots aren't falling, like that's how they dig these holes. If they can figure out how to come out and play before that, then they're good because 
I mean, I think Marshall might be one of the taller teams in the league. I think they had, I was looking at their roster, they had like six or seven players, even like their, their threes that were uh, like six, 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 eight, six, ten. And, uh, you know, if there, you just can't get overwhelmed inside. I think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, un, un, her, un, um, heralded player, Devin's favorite player, uh, that's been great during this this recent run is Jared Savage. I mean, yeah, obviously when he's hitting shots, it's great. But he has been so good defensively. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been he's been switching with Josh and playing kind of the four, you know, matching up against way taller guys. But he's been, you know, he blocked two shots last night uh, against Charlotte. He had ten rebounds. He's just been he's been really good inside. And I think you know. As much as much criticism as as we gave him, you know, earlier in the season, he's really kind of melded into that role. I think Hollingsworth playing off the ball has been great, and you know, you're seeing that confidence that sparks back with him, you know. And then you know, the rest of the cast, you know, Carson Williams is going to be solid every night. Uh, you know that Rawls, well, you know, last night Rawls didn't have a great night, but he doesn't kill you. He doesn't turn the ball over that much. He only had two turnovers. Which is you know for a freshman point guard is great. Uh, you know I'd I'd like to see the bench can be more consistent. Uh, I think you know we all pull our hair out with Cam Justice, but I think when he gets a little bit healthier and quits forcing things, he can be a valuable bench player. I think the the good thing to realize is Stans isn't leaning on him as much as as he did earlier in the season. I think that probably suits him better. And then you know Gambrell and Kozar just need to. He needs to keep buying them, you know, 12 to 15 minutes a game to, A, keep this team's legs fresh, and, B, develop them. I think, you know, when Carson Carson's going to get worn out down low, and you got, you know, Kozart can at least body up. He bodied up against Bennett, and, uh, you know, can't even say that about Williams most of the time. So just got to keep, you know, keep, keep moving the bench forward, keep extending it, and, uh, you know, take care of business, and, you know, here's thing we can talk about. We are tied for first in the league with North Texas, who we beat. Doesn't matter. You know, I, I see people saying the tiebreaker one way or the other. You know, we're right now the number one goal is to get to the top pod. You know, I think if if they win Saturday, they probably only need to win three of their last seven to do that, based on last year's records. So you know, you'd get that goal. You know, and then that guarantees you a top five seed in the tournament. You know, and then you don't you don't come in last in pod play. You're guaranteed a top four seed, and you get the bye. Those are the, those are the first two goals. You know, let's say they end up being let's see, there's seven more. So let's say they end up being ten and two heading into the uh, bonus play. Let's uh, you know, then we should definitely think about a conference championship regular season, which. You know, I think Todd Stewart said it's been a decade. So, and then even if even if uh, the season doesn't go, you know, if if we flame out in the conference tournament, you can still get the NIT. And without Bassey and all the roster drama, that's a definite win too. So, I think this is kind of reinvigorated. This team just has to learn how to play like they did in the second half the rest of the way. Yeah, I completely agree with what you said. And just looking at Conference USA right now, like it's so weird the way things have gone. I mean, compared to years past, is that what used to be an easy road trip is actually going to be kind of difficult this year going to Florida playing FIU and FAU. They're right next to each other in the standings. They're both four and two. FIU's thirteen and six. FAU's twelve and seven. So that, that's also going to be a pretty interesting road trips for sure. And of course, another one is going to be the two Texas teams, UTSA and UTEP as well. Both of them have underperformed. They were looking pretty solid. Well, UTSA never really looked solid this year. UTEP didn't look too bad at the beginning of the season, but once conference play got here, they haven't done too good. They're like two and four. UTSA is three and three in conference. The, of course, Southern Miss has another game that we'll have. They're one and five in conference. So That's, all that of those should be a guaranteed win. For yeah, if, Southern Miss has to be a win. Every other game but, on the schedule, it's conceivable they could lose, but that one yeah. has to be a win. I could totally so see is, this. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, you're good. I was going to say with the USM game, wouldn't you put Isaiah Cozart or some of those young guys in to give them some experience? I mean, granted, it's supposed to be a road win, but I mean, what? Why wouldn't you? To get the, I mean, the FAU and the FIU, yeah, that's fine. 
and they are literally beside themselves. I mean, one's in Fort Lauderdale and one's in Miami, but still. Um, but seriously, like, I think the most difficult one is the FIU game, and we're still favored by, like, what, 5%? So it's here's the thing about both the, they both they're both very they're both got good like up and coming coaches. Uh, FIU plays the fastest tempo in uh, or one of the fastest tempo in the whole country. So you know I'm that looking at fun. the scores. Yeah. So I mean, with our short bench and stuff, stands. Yeah, you know, I think we'll be able to score. It's just got to be focused on the road. You're playing in gyms mm-hmm. that are probably. You know, glorified high school gyms that are going to be about a quarter full. I think that's that's always been the trip up point. It's like getting up to play there. You're in, you know, you're going down south during a during a you know the terrible winter. I'm sure people relax when they go down there, and you know you just got to take care of business. I think right now, you know, Fort Atlantic Fort Atlantic's beating Charlotte by 12 in Charlotte. That's you know that's pretty impressive. And then you know FIU's losing to ODU, so. I mean, those are just total toss-up games based on what we've seen before. But, I mean, we'll talk about that more next week. Just got to take care of Marshall <laughs> this Saturday. I do have a fun trivia question for you, Devin. Ross, if you know it, don't answer it. But there is one team <laughs> left in Conference USA, one team left in Conference USA that has not lost a home game. Who is it? One team that, is not lo- that has not lost a home game. Um, Without cheating. Without cheating, I'm going to say, um, I guess UAB. Eh, nope. Who is yeah, it? Who they, is it? Who is it? FIU are 9-0 at home this season. No wow. kidding. Okay. Yeah, wow. say what you want about their empty gym because they have one of the most interesting venues in all of college basketball with the ocean on the floor and stuff. <laughs> it's really interesting, but apparently they have a good home court advantage, and uh, their big center that they have is one of the best ones in the conference. The big O is what they call him. I'd be lying if I said I knew how to pronounce his name correctly. Osigway or something? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. he's got, he's gonna eat us alive. That's what that's why that matchup scares me. I don't mm-hmm. know if their guards are good enough, but I I mean even Bassey struggled with that guy's size last year. So yeah, but speaking Which, of matchups that we do know a little bit about, we can preview Marshall after just playing Marshall this Saturday at six thirty Central Time. As of right now, Western's a seventy six point one favorite in the BPI. I think that's nice and generous, especially after beating them in Huntington. But what do you guys see in this game? Because it's not very often in college that you have a back-to-back like this. So, Ross, I'll let you go first. What are you kind of looking for in this game now that we've played each other and maybe they can try to work around different adjustments and see what we do? I mean, what do you think? Uh, I mean, first, I know, I've seen a lot of people saying, what is Conference USA doing? I guess, you know, just to clarify why they're playing back-to-back, I mean – Western and Marshall are the travel partners. So when Western goes on the road and plays like a UTEP, Marshall plays UTSA and then it flip flops. So when and vice versa, when they come to play Western, whoever plays that has to, you know, they flip flop. So basically, this is with the pod system, this is the best way to uh, do that. So that's why they're playing back to back and it saves down on travel costs. We all know every one of the schools in the league's broke. So uh, I think, you know, I think hopefully I want to see are the, are the students going to be back for Saturday? I guess that's probably when they can move back into the dorms after uh, J term. So I expect to have a good crowd, five thousand and above. And you know you want to see the team come out ready to play in front of the home crowd and not dig themselves a fifteen nineteen point hole. You know come out. You know you've already demoralized the team across from you once. Now do it again and come out and say, okay, you know, this isn't going to work on the road, and come out and get a convincing win. That's that's what I want to see on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. What do you think, Devin? I, I, think it's, I think we've got a good shot Saturday. I think, uh, like we're also saying, the kids are moving, or kids, the uh, students are moving back into the dorms. I mean, I think we should have a good crowd coming back from winter term. Uh, so I think there's a great chance to have a nice, lively crowd uh, it's a it's a rivalry game. Um, some of us think it's a little more rivalry than not, but it's fine. Uh, with Marshall, I hope that you know. I hope that the people show out. I hope the guys show out and just you know take care of business. Um, I think Marshall will have some adjustments, and I think Marshall can come in and steal it from us if we're not careful. Uh, so I mean, 
I would rather not have a loss here. I mean, looking at the last, uh, what, six, seven games here, I'd rather beat Marshall every time, but it's just me. Um, yeah, same. <laughs> and Western, the only game that they've dropped at home this year was that atrocious game against Belmont. Other than that, they've been able to pull off some pretty ridiculous wins against Arkansas, North Texas, Old Dominion. So, I mean, well, the list Arkansas, Arkansas hasn't lost a game in regulation, so it's fine. No, that's changed. <laughs> they have now. Yeah, they have now. Trust me. They got me back in Kentucky this past weekend, so... Yeah. Oh, well. Hey, that's but fine, yeah. I, have, I have to say, this conference is definitely one of the most interesting ones to watch. Just for the fact that the way that the league is this year, any team can win at any given moment. So whether that's a good thing or not, I don't know. But Just, just take advantage. I mean, yeah. we're, we're a flawed team this year. I mean, if there was every year you just sneak in. I mean, I you know, I've looked at some of the bracketology uh, projections – most of the most of the people are putting North Texas over us because they have a higher net ranking, even though we have the tiebreaker. But you know we're looking at the 13, 14 seed range, which is you know you're you're capable of an upset there. It's not like a sixteen or one. It's a uh, you know thirteen or fourteen. You're beating you're beating a Purdue, uh, Wisconsin type teams that we beat in previous years. So um, you know keep taking care of business. Let's let's finish, uh, you know, in these last seven. Let's finish five and two, six and one, and and really get some momentum going into the conf- or into bonus play. So, so here's yeah. my thing. Wouldn't it be crazy if that you know after this entire season, Western makes the tournament? I mean, I mean, it's possible. Honestly, when Bassey went down, I don't think any of us actually thought it was possible. I thought it was I mean, possible because Conference USA was so bad, but I didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it was probably, I mean, granted, it was probably like a, what, 90% chance that Western wouldn't make it in your mind, right? Yeah. I mean, that's how I'm, th- that's how I was thinking. I was, I was more, was I was more, uh, I was kind of like at maybe like 25, 30, because even before Conference play started, Louisiana Tech and UTEP were really the only two teams that had proven anything and then you know utep slid and louisiana techs lost some tight ones so and i mean we we could really you know we could lose the next three games i mean i i want to see start seeing that consistency start coming out ready to play start beating teams by 10 that you're better than and you know you're gonna play some tight games along the way but let's let's carry on that strong play the rest of the way mm, yeah completely yeah, agree completely agree yeah, we'll see, though. I feel like our team has the vibe of they could either lose a bunch in a row and then finish really strong or win every single game except Southern Miss and blow that game because who knows? <laughs> Nobody knows. As soon as I think that I figured this team out, something ridiculous happens and t- changes my total aspect on life. But with that being said, I want to discuss something that happened this uh, just a couple of days ago, I talked about it as my loser for the week. Kansas, the entire state, not just the university, but especially them. They got in this huge fight. I mean, it's a rivalry game, of course. Tensions are going to be kind of high anyways, but it was kind of a runaway. And Kansas State tried to steal the ball and with time going out. And, of course, Kansas was like, you don't do that in our house. And then DeSosa came and blocked them. And chaos ensued. Before you know it, somebody's got a chair. People are fighting. And it's just a bad look for both of the universities. But... See, something that always happens, though, is that you're going to have fights in sports. I mean, in some, it's more okay than others. Like, I mean, hockey, like uh, people always say that a game broke out in the middle of a fight. That's how hockey started. But, (laughs) I mean, in football and basketball, it's a little more taboo, especially on the college level because, I mean, even though that they're a lot younger than professional grown men players like in the NBA, that, I mean, it's just usually a really bad look whenever there's a big fight. And I was going to talk about some of if we have like a favorite brawl memory or a sports brawl that left a major impression. Of course, as a Pacers fan, I try to forget that the malice in the palace ever happened because <laughs> I do remember when that was all that was on ESPN that they were showing. I remember watching that live, just randomly like watching the game. I was like, "Holy crap! Did that just happen?" Yeah, it was wild. That's- 
Hopefully everybody knows what the Malice in the Palace is, but just as a refresher, it was the Pacers playing the Detroit Pistons in Detroit. And Ron Artest, the the man, I'm surprised. There's not a 30 for 30 on him yet. There definitely needs to be because he's had that kind of career. It's wild. And the tippers were flaring him. And I think Jermaine O'Neal on the Pacers were getting into it with some of the guys and them. And fans got involved in it. And Artest, he basically lost his sanity and went into the stands and started punching people. And I'm like, sure that the fans may have been throwing stuff or whatever, but that doesn't justify you going into the stands. And it ruined what a lot of people think that the Pacers had a chance of winning a NBA Finals that year. And for all of that to happen and lose some of their best players for the rest of the year because of that absolutely killed any chance that they had. So thinking of what history may have been if that never happened as a Pacers fan is kind of sad. They could have gotten their first NBA Finals out of that. But, I mean, it happens. And, of course, the suspensions for the players in the Kansas fight. I know DeSosa suspended for 11 or 12. Uh, the player that was in street clothes for Kansas State suspended for eight. I think there were some three-game huh. suspensions for some of the other guys. But there, there's, it's fighting in sports happens. I mean, it's not an uncommon thing. I mean, even in Conference USA, Conference USA last year, uh, La Tech and UAB, they got into it. And La Tech had to finish the game with only four players. So, I mean, it happens. But historically, like through all sports, Ross, I know you're a big baseball fan, and I'm sure you've seen your fair share of baseball brawls. But to you, are there any particular brawls or big sports fights moments that you'll always remember? So you go, go, you go first with this, Ross. Well, definitely the, the Malice in the Palace was, was probably number one for sure. I knew you were going to take that. Yeah. Uh, just looking through some of these lists, I mean, last year as a Reds fan, uh, the Reds Pirates like fights they had where Puig tried to take on the whole Pirates team, and it's like there was that meme that looks like a Renaissance painting, and then uh, <laughs> and then there was like Amir Garrett like trying to fight the whole uh, you know throwing a punch at like four different Pirates. It was great, but I think some of the classic ones that you guys might remember baseball wise. Uh, back in 2003, during like the big Yankees Red Sox thing, when Pedro knocked out the 72-year-old uh, assistant coach Don Zimmer, that was pretty funny. Uh, and I think what was the, what was another good one? Um, trying to think, I was reading some other ones. Mm-hmm. And there was a big there was a big uh, brawl in, in college football between Miami and FIU in 2005, oh, yeah. where they like. They like called the whole game and two thousand six, but yeah, yeah, and that, that's just the only crazy reason to think I about. the only reason I know that is because I was I was googling that right before the show started. So yeah, nice. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Did uh, you have sorry, any more that stuck out to you, Ross? Uh, that that was the main ones. I think that, that you know I had to give my red shout out and, and just the fact that. You know, a you know top pro athlete decided to go after a seventy-year-old coach. You know, in the middle of things, is pretty great. So if if you have some time, look up YouTube. You know, Pedro versus Don Zimmer. It's pretty funny. All right, Devin, what you got? Okay, um, so uh, I it's not at the top of my list, uh, but the Andre Johnson versus the Tennessee. Oh yeah, Portland Finnegan. I remember that. Yes, yes, that was a. It was it was entertaining, but it was really short. But it, and it was really funny. Um, and of course, I did have the Miami versus FIU uh, two thousand six. That happened in October uh, two thousand six. Uh, and it yeah, that was just that's a crazy fight. You need to look them up on YouTube because they're hilarious. Um, and then uh, the Boston Bruins versus the New York Rangers. Uh, that was another crazy fight. It, basically, any hockey fight is going to be funny to watch, or fun to watch because they're crazy. Um, yeah, baseball fights. Uh, I've been pretty much a fan of any and all baseball fights because I think they're hilarious because they're so crazy sometimes. Um, and then, of course, my top one. It was already been said, but the Pacers versus uh, Detroit in the Malice in the Palace fight. Um, there was a po- supposedly a basketball game before it, but it was uh, not supposedly. really much. So, yeah. So, yeah. After that, it was just a big fight. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 crazy to see these fights, 
And uh, as entertaining as it is to watch, I mean, at the same time, you got to think that some of these, I mean, there's kids watching this and, you know, you got to think of them. Uh, when I was in high school, when we started to play football in high school, they passed out packets to all the uh, players. Uh, and it was this poem called Little Eyes. And essentially, I'm not going to bore you with the poem because I can't remember all of it anyway. But essentially, <laughs> you have to remember that there's these little kids that are going to be watching you. Um, and, you know, they take note and they see you do stuff or say you, you know, drop an F-bomb or do this or that. And you've got to remember that there are kids watching you. And they see this and they think it's okay. And it's not. I mean, for uh, DeSosa or whatever, you, however you say his name, to uh, pick up a chair and act like he's going to hit somebody with it. I mean, come on, man. You know, how many of these little kids are going to try this stuff when they get, you know, in high school or something? Uh, so, uh, grow up, I guess, is the best thing for me to say. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, uh, and I guess I would be reminiscent not to mention some of Western's biggest fights. Um, so, Western got into a big knockdown brawl uh, with, uh, I want to say it was Southern Illinois, uh, the Salukis. Didn't they swing uh, the, the hammer or something at them? Yes, and that's why they got rid yes. of it? No, no, no. They didn't get rid of it. Um, but they were not allowed to bring it on the sideline anymore. Uh, the sledge has been a was a big uh, uh, tool that Western always said that that was the symbol of the defense was the sledge. Uh, so they were. Was that video of that strength there. coach breaking it over his head that's still on the internet? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah. Um, yeah. 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 No, you're good. Uh, but the, um, the big thing for me was uh, that that fight. Uh, Western was up. The, it was basically like the Miami FIU game. Uh, Western kicked the last second field goal and won the game. And the fight started and the sledge came out. Um, I believe that was when we were in the Gateway Conference because when I first got to Western and you two, Ross, uh, both teams would have to meet. All players met at the 50-yard line and shook hands. And then they <laughs> both went back to each side. And that was the reason because of Western's fight with the uh, Salukis. Excuse me. Um, and, uh, I remember that story, yeah. That, that was pretty then, infamous. And I think it was the Salukis. I may be wrong on that. So if you all know, go ahead and comment or uh, send us a message on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Uh, and then, of course, Western almost getting in a fight with uh, North Texas the first time we played them. Mm -hmm. uh, it was miserable. God, I hated that. It was awful. Uh, but it was like 32 degrees. The wind blows and it turns to snow and then it stops and it turns back to rain. I was miserable. I mean, Western was up at half and then we come and then we come back out into the second half. Western's down. We end up losing the game. And at the end of the game, I'm, you know, pouring out my water bottles, you know, fixing to start packing stuff up to go home. And nobody's come off the field. And I'm, you know, I'm facing the stands. And I turn around and look, and Western's on one side of the 50, and North Texas is on the other side of the 50. And the coaches are all in between trying to break them up. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, snap. This is going to be fun to watch. Uh, I don't think any real punches ever got thrown, but I think Western had a lot of footballs thrown back and forth between the two. And it was, uh, it was really fun to uh, kind of be welcomed into uh, the Sun Belt at the time. Mm -hmm. Be welcomed into the Sun Belt that way. So Hey, oh, yeah. Kevin, I, I, looked up, I looked it up. It was against Western Illinois, and it was a Western playoff Illinois, game. good call. Good call. It, was, Good call. it was on the road. It was in the quarterfinal. And Western nice. had a player, Chris Revere. He was kicked off the team because for using the sledgehammer during the brawl. <laughs> so, like, not only – so, the 2002, I think that was the – yeah, that was Elson's first year. That was the year after they won the 1AA National Championship. So, Elson was coaching to uh, – was coaching, you know, to continue the run. And then they – the next week they would lose to let's see who they lost to Georgia Southern. So it's crazy the fact that yeah that sledgehammer you know game might have uh, might have bit him in the butt that year. So mm -hmm. yeah, you're not kidding. Uh, I do see uh, where Jared you posted that in our group chat. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I found the that video is, on uh, YouTube. But that is definitely pretty wild. But let me ask you guys this question because it is something to think about. Like. Even though it's a rivalry game, like with Kansas and Kansas State, does that make it an excuse for them to kind of let some tempers flare a little more than maybe like a regular game? Because other brawls that have been notorious, of course, Xavier in Cincinnati in 2011, that was a big one. Oh, I remember I mean, that, that one. Happened. They almost yeah. canceled that game. 
Yeah, that one was pretty wild. But with the fact of it being a rivalry game, does that change anything about it at all, or is it still just as bad in your opinion? Devin, what do you think? I, I think tensions are always high in rivalry games. I think uh, I think players kind of get uh, let the heat of the moment take over. And, I mean, football is probably going to be the worst for fights and stuff, especially in rivalry. Uh, but does it justify it? No, but I think I understand it a little bit better than some of these other fights, if that makes sense. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, it's never called for it, but it's a little more understandable. But, um, you know, I mean, I'm sorry. I did not agree with the whole standing over the Kansas State player when it happened. So I was just kind of like, no, nah, you know, I just don't get that. You know, yeah. hey, you block this shot, the game's over, just walk back to your bench, dude. Just go on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've already dominated them. It's 81-59. What else are you going to do? Yeah, that's the best. That's the, that's the way I view it, too. What, Ross, what do you think? Yeah, I think, I mean, um, you know, I don't think the rivalry mattered. I think it was it was just personality, and they were probably talking smack the whole game. I think another funny uh, thing, just thinking about it, was that uh, WK UofL almost fight that happened. Oh, yeah. man. I was at that yeah. game, and it was so fun. I still wanted Ray Harper to punch Patino in the head so bad. I still <laughs> wish he would have done that. I don't care what the NCAA would have thrown at us. It would have been worth it, in my opinion, just because. I mean, it's Louisville. But, I mean, just seeing Harold get ejected was good enough. But, yeah, that would that could have ended pretty bad. But, thankfully, I mean, they de-escalated it pretty quickly. Yeah, it kind of just that was the almost fight, which would be a fun little category in of itself. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, we're not as dirty as some other teams that exist, so that's always a good plus. <laughs> but I mean, that's pretty much all that I have for tonight. Did you guys have anything else you want to talk about, real quick? Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, you've covered everything. Just uh, uh, as always, guys. Just remember to like, share, and subscribe these episodes, and uh, we appreciate your support. And thanks for listening. Yeah, absolutely. So be sure you follow the Tower Rack. We'll be covering the game on Saturday with tweets and recaps, all that fun stuff. Of course, be sure you stay subscribed with Podbean for Red Out. Follow them on YouTube, Facebook, all whatever social media you use, except Instagram because Devin's a boomer, but it's okay. (laughs) Devin, is this going to be your probable uh, last show for a couple weeks because of the baby? I don't know. Next week we are scheduled to induce on the 29th is what I was talking about right before you came on. Uh, so we're going to we're gonna be there first thing in the morning on next Wednesday. Uh, so yeah, if, take, the, uh, take the week off, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if, uh, if baby Stewart is here, I may be live from the hospital, so we may see. I don't know. I may try and drop in and say hey uh, mm-hmm. and then, you know, just kind of duck out. But, you know, it's whatever. We'll see how it goes. All right, yeah, definitely hoping all of that goes well for you guys next week. We'll be, yeah. I'll definitely good be thinking luck, about Devin you guys. And, good luck, Devin. And what's your wife's name? Kara. Good, good luck, Kara. I know you listen, so good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she listens from downstairs, so it's fine. <laughs> But yeah, best of luck with that, Ross, uh, Devin. I'll be trying to hold it down. Me and Ross will probably be doing a whole lot with podcasts until you're able to come back. I mean, don't feel super rushed or anything, but be, be sure you stay tuned anyways because hopefully I will get better at being the MC, and of course I'll be holding it down. So as always, oh, you're doing guys, a great job. Yeah, as always, go tops. Go tops. Go tops. <laughs>